You ready for this? Oh, I think we're ready for this. Welcome back to the Baby Mamas, episode number 25. Woo! We finally made it back in. I know that we promised there wouldn't be that much of a delay. About, yeah. Yeah, it's just been really hard to get our butts in here. Um, our I've schedules been, are crazy. I have, I'm have i working a bunch of extra shifts because I've traded all these shifts so I could be off the month the baby's born. Yeah, and I've just been feeling like shit. And we've had some house guests, so we haven't been able to <laughs> record in our apartment. So we're kind of... Um, we have less... Fewer options. Yeah. So thank you for your patience, Sandra. I'm sorry you had to wait. <laughs> Although I must point out, Sandra, you've made us wait many, many, many times for like months. So... Yeah, I want to start off. I have something to read to you, Jackie. Is it a valentine? No. Good. We don't do Valentine's Day. No. because We're one of those couples who are like, fuck, fuck that love. shit. <laughs> no, I literally said to somebody at work, I don't need a day to say I love you to my wife. I tell her that every day. And then I was like, oh, my God, that was such a smug thing to say. I'm such an asshole. (laughs) Okay. So when people email us, we generally email them back and we have like some sort of like correspondence. And so this person emailed us and wrote them back and shared a couple emails. Anyway, asked a couple questions like, who's your donor? And she said, oh, so our donor. Well, this is awkward. Actually, use the information that you shared on your podcast to ensure that, yeah, we have the exact same donor. (laughs) My eyes are really wide right now. (laughs) What? I wanted to be connected to to you two forever. That's cool, right? Who is this? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she goes on to say that she's kidding. I'm assuming so. I was like, we didn't tell you anything in there. (laughs) You didn't look like you thought she was joking. I was like, we can't, we can't have like crazy fans. We're not that kind of famous. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be so funny. Though, when I read that, that today, I was like, oh shit, really? That's c- kind of crazy. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> but this, this person clearly is our fan because that's very us to yeah, pull that. That was a good one. Good, good you one. You got me. You good got one. me. <laughs> um, so funny, actually. I really, I really like that. Yeah. I have been feeling like shit well let's just say today is 11 weeks 11 weeks one week away from that and we had 11.9 sperm that got me pregnant maybe we should just name the baby 11 11.9 sperm (laughs) (laughs) 11.9 million i think the baby brain is hitting pretty hard although you're a little tired today let's say that i am she had such a rough night i got home from work at just after at like 3 30 she was awake. I was like, why are you awake? Did I wake you up? I was, f- I like tiptoe around the house when I get home, trying not to wake her up. And she's like, no, I was already awake. I feel terrible. I feel terrible. I was like, well, what do you need? I don't know. My head hurts. My head hurts. I'm like, well, take some Tylenol. We don't have any. Why didn't you say something? I could have just stopped on my way home from work. No, I know that just, that's like the worst thing ever. I was like, no, it's fine. So I went back out at 3.30 in the morning to go get Tylenol and some gravel because those things are allowed. 
Yeah, I had just a super, super bad headache. It was like killing me. And you actually said, does this mean there's something wrong with the baby? <laughs> you don't have to share all of my crazy thoughts, especially <laughs> ones that I'm having like sleep deprived and Well, in here's pain. the thing, love. You're the editor, so you can decide what <laughs> stays in and what doesn't. But that's what happened. And I said, no. The things that indicate there's something wrong with the baby are intense abdominal pain and bleeding. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Um, I eventually did fall asleep, but I've just been kind of more of the same. Mm-hmm. Don't want to eat, feel gross. You had feel one car-sick. meal that you liked. One meal that we you went, enjoyed. We went for dim sum. It was so good. She was like in heaven. She's like, oh my god, this is the first time I've like enjoyed food in my mouth. <laughs> it's true. That's like a huge part. I know that people out there are like vomiting and dealing with all sorts of shit, but it is. It's shitty to no longer enjoy food. Yeah. To just be eating it because I need to not feel sick. And that is hard, too, because you feel sick. Anyway, we talked about food, like, so much last time. I feel like we need to not anymore. But it's such a big topic. (laughs) It's, like, every day is, like, oh, what am I going to eat? Yeah. Yeah, I've just been really tired. We went for another ultrasound. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting because a lot of people were, like, why are you going for another one? Our midwife... For some reason, our fertility clinic, for some reason, because they don't give a shit, um, (laughs) our fertility clinic never... Thanks for getting us pregnant. Yeah, even though you, like, don't really care about us as human beings. Our fertility clinic did not send a report from from our ultrasound to our midwives. So she was like, well, do you want to go for another one? We're like... Yeah. Yeah. We want to see our baby more, of course. Who wouldn't want to go for another one? And um, she explained that, like, it's... We went for our first one at seven weeks. Um, if you go a little bit later, like nine or ten weeks, you get a better idea of like in terms of like dating, the due date and stuff. So we did. And it was weird. <laughs> it was weird because we went to a clinic, like an ultrasound radiology clinic mm-hmm. that's kind of near the sketchy part of town. And I don't know if that had to do with it. but uh, it That was, definitely added to it because the atmosphere, like where yeah. it was, was super weird. And like the, it just felt really clinical which sounds dumb because it's a clinic but like it's it like the fertility clinic is like very comfortable the fertility clinic is like a spa yeah and then this was like hard this was like like an (laughs) office in a mall in a mall that had been like transformed from like selling insurance into doing ultrasounds yeah i was like staring up at the ceiling tiles and it was just those white paper cardboard whatever those things are that are mm-hmm. in office buildings mm-hmm. water stained yeah as he's like jabbing my belly and holy shit i had to pee so bad did that guy even talk to you no it, like it was very weird so i was i i, I re- know that like people have told me that the spouses or the other person whatever the other parent is not generally allowed in the room right away and i've heard that that's because they want to make sure nobody's being like coerced or forced into having the child which i don't really totally get because being in a room with somebody getting an ultrasound is not the same as like you can't have an abortion (laughs) uh but they didn't talk to her or anything it's not like they were like this is what you want right yeah this is what you want like they didn't say anything they just wouldn't let me go in and they didn't actually explain it or say anything to her so it just felt like a silly formality i was kind of like what is the point of this anyway so i'm sitting in the waiting room and uh there's like a, they had a, a skeleton and I took a picture of him because I was like, well, this is how you know you're in a fancy place. The skeleton Ooh. was wearing a tie. 
Oh my. <laughs> yes. And it was wasn't like, even Halloween. I know. I was like, what the fuck is the point of that? And then while I'm waiting still, this woman <laughs> comes out of another one of the ultrasound rooms and she's wearing a gown, but it's basically completely open. Like it's pretty much in front of her. So she's, and she's not wearing anything from the waist down. And she sits in the chair like bare ass, <laughs> like, <laughs> like wrinkly old white lady ass, bare ass. <laughs> on the chair i was like ew is this how they treat people here Ew, that's bare ass and bare vagina i just tried not to think about that i think ew were they like plastic she was like or 70 or something leather? they were plastic so maybe they get wiped down probably I, not i don't know hmm. anyway when i finally got to go in i was like all set to like videotape it and i was like yeah i'm totally gonna record this it's gonna be amazing i couldn't even do it the, it was the like a closet it was, it was so, so small. small and the guy's head was right in the middle of the way so it was like yeah you can come in and i'm like trying to like i'm i'm really short i'm five one so i'm like i can't see over your giant head like i would like to see my baby could you get the fuck out of the way it was really yeah. not not I, I don't we haven't really had an ultrasound experience that was like oh lovely but the baby had hiccups and was like scooching around it was like waving and wiggling and yeah that was cool convulsing <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it has epilepsy. <laughs> uh, I know. And then I was like, oh, it's too early for them to to have hiccups in the womb, right? And then I like instantly Googled it. And I was like, nope, nope, not too soon. It was so cute. But it doesn't count as um, movement or something you read. No, it's not that it doesn't count. It's not this, like, it's it's too early for it to be movement that you can feel. Yeah. Because the baby's too small. It was like three centimeters at that point. But even if you do feel it, they say it doesn't count. No, because it's involuntary. So it's not the same as like... Oh, I felt the baby kick. Although, right. at 11 weeks, the baby d- does start to kick. You yeah. still can't feel it. No. But it's doing it. It's like... It's trying. It's wiggling around in there. Mm-hmm. It was It was nice to have the second one. Because the first one, it was like a prawn. It looked like a prawn. Yeah. And this one, like, actually looked like a it was giant... shape Giant-headed baby. That's, <laughs> <laughs> like, the same size as the rest of the body, so... Yeah, that's... It was cool. I mean, it yeah. wasn't exactly the way we wanted it, but it was good. Yeah. It was good to see it and everything it was nice. But it was funny because the guy was like, uh, he didn't say anything. Yeah. And then he just goes, do you want your, and then pointed at the door <laughs> and was like, just stared at me. And I was like, yes, I do, like, are you I wanting, do want my. <laughs> are you trying to figure out if she's my wife? He didn't even try though. It was like, I'm not even going to try. He was just your? like, yeah. He could say like person. Or do you want her? Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Less awkward than do you want it's your... It's amazing how people take something so simple and they make it... So awkward. So much more awkward. <laughs> I know. Well, I had this same thing. So I had to... Because I'm trying to do all these shift trades, I had to send a message out to basically everybody that I work with saying like, hey, these are the days I need off. My wife's having a baby. Pretty obvious when a woman is saying my wife is having a baby, right? I thought. So now apparently all these people from other teams are asking um, somebody on my team who knows me who was like my mentor about is she gay and she was like uh yeah it's it's not a secret that's why she said my wife well how did they get pregnant like she was asking they all these people that i don't really know are asking a co-worker how we got pregnant maybe we should we should like get business cards made and like give them <laughs> no like give them and be like listen to this if you want to know how we got pregnant and it well, could these be like people aren't even coming podcast to business cards these people aren't even coming to me because they don't have a business card. Because they don't even know me. <laughs> Which is, it's just so weird because it's like, oh, is she gay? Who the, f- 
Yeah. No, I I call my husband my wife just because I think it's <laughs> so funny. Of course I'm gay. I'm a fucking woman saying this is like my wife is having, but it's pretty obvious. I don't know. It's just, I thought it was really weird. I, I work in a very accepting workplace, but I think people, there are definitely people there that probably don't have gay friends or don't know anybody that's gay. Because um, a lot of people that I work with are traveling from pretty far east. So on the most part, I don't find anybody really finds it weird. You know what I find weird? <laughs> and tell me if you would do this. <laughs> okay. okay. There's this thing that I read about called vaginal seating. And it is. Oh, my God. Can I tell you what I think it is? Yeah. What do you think it is? It, it sounds to me like, and this is exactly what popped into my head and I have no idea why. This might make me sound like a fucking weirdo. But is it like some sort of like thing where you're. No, now I feel dumb saying it. <laughs> Just say it. It's okay. <laughs> this is a safe space. <laughs> um, is it like where you have like a incubate, like a fertilized embryo or something where you just like keep it in your vagina keeping it warm for someone else <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> see i am wrong and weird You're an idiot i can't <laughs> believe you said that god i don't know why that jumped into my head i don't even think you could do that i don't i'm I think sure you it's just not keep a thing. the eggs inside your ovaries to keep them warm yeah. anyway yeah, okay all right <laughs> vaginal swabbing is all the rage for some swabbing people. i thought you said seating if you'd called it swabbing, I wouldn't have thought that. It's your fault. <laughs> no, it is. It Okay, it is called vaginal seating. This is just... Like seating or seeding? Seeding. Okay. Okay. All right. The practice is supposed to help babies born via C-section to receive the same bacteria that their mothers... Oh, my God. ...from their mothers as children born vaginally. What do you to like vaginally me? seed a newborn properly, one must leave a strip of gauze in the vagina before delivery... And then, after birth, remove the strip and rub it and your vaginal juices all over the baby's face, mouth, (laughs) skin, and anus to give them their mother's immune-boosting bacteria. Would you do this if we had a C-section baby? Would you rub my vagina juices (laughs) all over the baby's face? I think using gauze is a very nice way of making it seem less gross. But yeah, because they've found that babies like me born via c-section have digestive problems like i do would you rub so if i could prevent your mother's vagina juices if i could prevent on your face like not now why obviously, not because obviously it won't work come on in <laughs> oh my god we're gonna do it right now i'm just gonna say that sounds fucking weird but if 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 that's all it took for our kid to not have the digestive issues that I have, fuck yes, I would do it. Okay, but it hasn't actually been proven to be at all. Helpful. Oh well, then if there's no scientific, I'm not going to fucking gonna do, do that, that. By the way, I, if there was science behind it, I would do it. If there's there's no science, so I'm not. No. I don't even know if I would do it if there was science behind it. To be honest, I'm not going to rub my vagina juices on. It's my not kid's like you have to face. use your vagina to do it. It's gauze. It's not like you're uh, like taking the baby and like rubbing it all over yourself. <laughs> 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 that would be. I I just I I think. For me, it's the like opportunity to rec- to fix that that missing link that they found that C-section babies are more prone to digestive and allergy issues, which I have suffered with for a long time. So yeah, if I could if I could help that not be a problem for my baby, of course I would do that. But if that what if they found out that it was helpful now? If it was like go back to your mother? No. Why? Uh, really? You really think I need to explain that? <laughs> not the same doing it right after birth cool baby's not going to remember it and 
you're not doing any harm. But now, <laughs> oh my God, it would traumatize me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. That's not a serious question, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I'd do fecal transplant before I do that. You, oh, just, show. you would do a fecal transplant no matter what was going on with you. You just want other poo in you. There is actual science behind you that. You want other people's poo in your body. If, <laughs> if a fecal transplant, which is totally safe, was a way to fix my digestive problems, yes, I would do it. You um, don't know what it's like. Oh, my God. The amount of things I can't eat because I just get, like, horrendous bloating and cramping and awful things that probably people don't want to hear about right now. So I showed my mom the picture of the most recent ultrasound that we got. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I can't tell what it is. All I see are candle holders. (laughs) What? (laughs) Right? I was like, what? Of all the things that you can describe an ultrasound, I don't get where you're getting candle holders. Maybe like a blob or... I don't know. Mom's mind is a terrifying place. (laughs) And then she was just pointing to like the tiny little arm, tiny little leg, like thing that was sticking up. She's like, those are candle holders. I'm like, you're fucked, man. Those are limbs, bitch. Limbs. And it wasn't just that she like didn't understand the picture because like lots of people don't. Mm -hmm. But the comparison was just very strange for me. Yeah. Nothing really surprises me that comes out of your mom's mouth though. No. I mean, she thought... (laughs) She thought the fucking pregnancy test was a thermometer. <laughs> yeah. She thought we had wrapped a thermometer to give to her for Christmas. Yeah. Like. But to be please. fair, I don't think she's seen a pregnancy test. Mm? Is there anything else to talk about about my current pregnancy? I'm 11 weeks. I'm well, going to tell work next week. Um, oh, like yeah. Shit. We're going to. I think next week or the week after we're going to we're going to be releasing. We're going to publicly. We're going to drop that shit. We're going to drop we're gonna the gonna mic. We're going to go live. Yeah, we're going to tell the world that we're pregnant so you guys won't have to keep it to yourselves anymore because I know it's been like killing you all to not be like posting all over our Facebook. You can tell your friends even. Yeah. Do you think I'm showing? Yes, I do. People say it's too early, but Angie's like a stick. So anything happening in there, like she could literally have like a big shit and she looks like she's gained weight. Hey, <laughs> you're so obsessed with poo. This is what I'm saying. No, I'm not. Oh my God. Well. You're probably going to like hide a little net in the bathroom one day to steal my poo to put it inside you no your digestion sucks too i don't want your poo uh, whatever well they say to get a poo for if you're going to do a fecal transplant from a family member who's in the same house around the same bacteria and eats similar foods so you have to have my poo in your body <laughs> i don't have to do anything uh we're gonna post on facebook so it won't be a secret secret anymore and i can't wait for all the likes we're gonna get because that's how i get all of my good happy feelings <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how are you going to tell the people at work? Uh, well, my direct supervisor suggested that I tell her supervisor, like the like the head person, before I announce it to everybody, which I don't fully understand because I'm like, why? Um, I think it's just a respect thing. How is it disrespectful to tell her along with everyone else? It's not. Uh, mm. It's not like. It's yeah, but if your supervisor is saying it's a good I- good idea, why? Like, has she ever? No, I, I will do it. Yeah, I'm just I don't understand the reasoning. That's all. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm gonna try and meet with her before staff meeting next week, and just tell her quickly, and then I'm just gonna. We usually do this like check in with everyone, so I think I'll just be like, oh yeah, and I'm pregnant. By the way, no big deal. <laughs> 
except it's like a really big deal (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't sound like you at all when you talk like that you never talk like that i found this little quiz on mom365.com called how compatible are your parenting styles so that would be a fun little thing for us to do your partner wants to send and i also most of them oh never mind i thought this was like totally inclusive it's not anyway your partner wants to send your children to private school do you agree completely see his reasoning but (laughs) need to think about it don't understand why he would want to pay for school and argue for public refuse to consider it it'll be public all the way for your kids i don't know how to answer that question are we rich enough that we can afford it (laughs) because if you were just like let's go private school and like live on the street then i'd be like "Mm, no but if we could afford it so i'm asking you this as if i'm the person so what what is your answer then would you agree if i'm saying public school it's happening or in private school it's happening if you're saying private school it's happening then i would assume that we could afford it and i'd be like totally so if you ha- if we had the, if the money wasn't a thing, you would want private school over public. Yeah. Really? Totally. You get way better education at a private school. Do way you? better opportunities. Do you? Yes. You have, and you also have clout. That's the thing. Because you're paying. So you can go to the school and be like, motherfuckers, I want ABC. My kid's not getting this or my, this happened to my kid. And they will listen to you because they don't want you to take your money somewhere else. I also feel though that, okay, I, I, I'm kind of of two minds about it. So I think private school is great in the sense that the focus is a little different. Um, I was talking to a coworker recently, and this was actually a really interesting conversation, I thought, whose son is in public school. He he was saying that honestly, like he's like, I, and this is, I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not, but he was saying that there are a ton of kids in his class, in his son's class that have special needs. He's like, I don't have a problem with it, but I really don't think it's ideal because he's not getting challenged because the class to everything takes so long. The amount of time and attention that all the special needs kids need are taking away from kids who don't need the special. This is public school. Yeah. This is in Vancouver. And he was saying like, literally like my son's one of the only kids in his class who doesn't have special needs and speaks English as a first language. So that was really interesting to me because I was like, wow, I never really considered that because I mean when I was growing up kids with special needs were in my classes too but I, there was like one yeah you know too. it wasn't and like they have like a helper yeah so that's really interesting in the sense that like I mean is inclusion the best thing is it the best thing for every kid is it possible to have special needs kids be included but not in everything so that kids are getting challenged in school because he was saying like my son's bored because he's not getting everything just takes so long it's any lesson it takes like three times as long because they have to spend all the teachers have to spend extra time with all these special needs kids and that's a big argument from from the bctf is that they need more funding well that's the other thing about private schools they have smaller classrooms yeah and i do appreciate that but i also think the environment in a private school is a little uh, uppity like i don't want our kid to be surrounded by spoiled brats or like entitled assholes or not be exposed to a lot of diversity because they're in private school do you know what i mean yeah i don't think that there's a lack of diversity in private school well financial diversity class diversity yeah yeah, right i mean that's that's the kind of diversity i'm talking about i think it's a tough i think i'm thankfully we don't have to decide right now but it's a really hard thing for me because i really i had a i had a great experience in public school but i definitely had teachers that were shitty like, I remember being in a grade 11 
um, advanced place English placement English class and my teacher was totally phoning it in and we we would bring our homework from other classes and just sit in class and do it because she didn't care. She would literally like sit in the corner with a headache every day. So we complained to this the administration. We were like, this isn't fair. This is not the teacher we deserve. And that happens in public schools. Yeah, I think... So, I don't know. The thing that I like, and I don't know if this is true, but I would imagine that it is. And I've heard, I have heard it from people is that like, if there's bullying or something that's going on, you can actually go to the principal or whoever and say, this is interfering with my kid's education, which I am paying for. Mm -hmm. You need to do something about it. And they're way more proactive about dealing with that kind of stuff. Then they are at public school because public school, they're so overwhelmed with so many things. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like, what is the benefit for them to take action on something like that? Mm -hmm. There isn't really anything. Yeah. Another coworker, actually, her son was dealing with some, a lot of bullying stuff and the, the school was like not, no, and I hear that their their whole so zero tolerance much. bullshit. It's like how do like that means nothing if you're not going to act on it when it's happening, especially when you're aware of it and you've been made aware of it many times. Yeah, and for a kid to get suspended or kicked out of a private school for bullying someone else, I think is a way bigger deal. Yeah, and their parents are probably going to be way more pissed off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a, like a judgment call, but I'm just saying like if my kid were in private school and I'm paying. And the kid's, like, not going to school. I'd be like, what the fuck am I paying for? Get your ass back in school. to Shape up. I mean, I think you have to be engaged as a parent in terms of, like, trying to be, a, like, knowing what's going on in the school, knowing what the homework assignments are like, making sure you're helping your kid, knowing exactly kind of what their struggles are and what their strengths are. Um, because you can't really just trust that the public schools are going to do it for you because they they just have too many. And this is not, like, a, this is not me, like, bashing public teachers i think they have too many things that they're supposed to do and not enough support and not enough funding and not enough like resources to deal with it and that's the part that really bugs me about public school so i believe in public systems i just don't know if they're necessarily the most effective yeah because education is super important to me and i think it is to you too for our kid like this baby needs to have a really good education because mm-hmm. I'm sure by the time our, this kid is our age, everyone's going to have a PhD and trying to get a job is going to be impossible. You don't have to be like a postdoc to get something. <clears throat> so what was your answer then? Agree completely? Yeah. <laughs> right. if, if you came and said we could afford it, I'd be like, all right, let's try it. Well, I think practically speaking, the jury's still out on that decision. <laughs> but we'll just play along with this little game. You come home from running errands to find your partner and baby camped out in front of the TV. This makes you feel fine. Like your guy... like your guy you have no issues with baby seeing some tv a tiny bit annoyed but it's not that big of a deal to you frustrated you have specifically mentioned that you don't want baby watching any tv before age two or so angry why can't he spend the time reading to your baby like you do and you have a strict no tv rule uh for me i think it would depend how old the baby is i don't well let's just assume that it's like in the first year while you're on mat leave like these questions, I have so many additional questions. It's not that straightforward. Hey? If they're if you're both just like dur staring at like some crazy show that was a lot of like flashing and loud commercials, then I'd be like, don't do that. But if the kid wasn't watching it or was sleeping, like whatever. But I definitely don't want TV to be like a regular thing. No, I think I think we'll probably adhere to the like no screens before age two thing. Yeah, and studies have found that it's really not good for children's development. So 
I just feel like there's enough time for them to be zoned in on screens. Like, why bother when they're too little? But I think it's going to be, like, interesting for us because we do watch a lot of things, you and I. Yes, we do. We spend a lot of time, like, but when I we're feel together like watching things. That's because we're just wasting time until our baby comes. <laughs> yeah, but once the baby comes, we're going to be tired. And once it's asleep, we're going to be, like, screens. Or TV. we'll just sleep. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see how we deal with that. Yeah. I'm going to say that you would say frustrated. You specifically mentioned that you don't want baby watching any TV before age two. Yes. That's what we both agree to. But I honestly, I think if I came home and found you like that, and like you were both watching TV and you say, I I would assume the only reason you were doing that is because you'd had like the worst day ever and nothing was working. And this was the only way to like get like a minute. Yeah. So I don't think I'd ever shame you about it. I would probably want to talk to you about it though and be like, what are different ways we can do things so it doesn't get to like this but when it comes to the subject of breastfeeding versus formula you and your partner are on the same page 100 percent mostly in agreement though there have been some discussions not always on the same page i.e he often makes a bottle when you're right there and ready to nurse (laughs) in complete opposition he wants one you want the other i think we both agree that we want to breastfeed exclusively for the first year if there's no issues with it because obviously sometimes it doesn't work so yes definitely on the same page and what a dick move you're like getting ready to breastfeed and your husband's like i'm making a bottle go (laughs) fuck your breasts (laughs) really dumb and if you're breastfeeding all the time and you don't want bottles why do you have bottle stuff in your house like this family we're talking about is fucked up (laughs) How often do you and your partner disagree on parenting decisions? None yet. <laughs> yeah. We're well, perfect. No, we've, had, we've had a lot of conversations about parenting over the years. We had the, a conversation recently where I told Jackie that if Zika came here, I wasn't leaving the house. <laughs> and I and that she was going to have to prepare for a summer where I didn't leave whatsoever. Yeah. And then we found out that Zika is actually from pesticides, so we can probably chill the fuck out about that. They're not Zika, but the encephaly issues the babies the micro encephaly yeah anyways back to our super accurate quiz how often do you and your partner disagree on parenting decisions almost never in fact you can't even think of a single time sometimes but you agree more often than not frequently or all of the time i can't think of anything that we've disagreed on i'm totally gonna go with almost never yeah but you know we we haven't actually parented anything yet so we disagree about uh if the baby's gonna be if it's born with a tail, whether or not to remove it. <laughs> um, yeah. Or webbed fingers. I think that's, we can keep those and just put it into the Olympics. Yeah. Oh my God. If it had a tail and webbed fingers, <laughs> it could like propel itself <laughs> and swim so fast. You should write, I don't know, kids cartoons or something. About deformed babies that are like in the Olympics. <laughs> winning okay let's just get back to this you feel like your partner respects you as a parent true or false false fuck you i'm putting true (laughs) (laughs) i know you feel like i do because i do i tell you all the time that you're gonna be such an amazing mom and i'm not just saying that because you're being crazy at the time i say it because i actually mean it are you and your partner in agreement about where baby sleeps i really hate the way they where Where baby baby sleep not where the baby will sleep where your baby um, so yes, are we in agreement about that? Um, the, in the, the tool are shed yes. outside? Most nights, yes. Most nights, no or no. In a box underneath the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. No, we both, I think, are pretty much in agreement about it. In the litter box with the cat. <laughs> in a bassinet, 
next to the bed. Hanging from a tree outside. (laughs) I can't take you seriously because you can never be serious. How do you resolve parenting disagreements? We haven't really experienced any. One of us compromises and that's the end of it. Someone wins and there's lingering resentment from the other. We really don't. I do it my way. He does it his. Well, I think we should take this question as like, how should we deal with it? So say something does come up. What do you? What would you imagine would be the best way to deal with it if we start to disagree on something? I think we just talk it out. Mm-hmm. What about when the kid gets older? And I is think more this aware is, of what we're but talking this is about. Like, well, you don't talk it out in front of the kid. If something comes up, then you like have a discussion about it as adults, as parents, separate from your child. Figure out what the best course of action is that you th- think is going to work or is going to be the most effective. But I think it's like this. This is more of like a relationship question. Like, how do you deal with conflict? Period. Mm. We don't just yell and scream and say "fuck you." I'm doing it my way. No. So Not I don't think we always. We pretty much never do that. <laughs> like, I'd say like nine times out of ten, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to our baby, we're going to be the same where we will have like rational discussions about it and present our positions and decide what makes most sense for us. I think there's there's always going to be stuff in life that comes up that I like maybe I'll have a stronger like feeling about than you do. And then you defer to me or if you care more about something and I'm like, oh, that's not how I would do it. But you think it's the best way and you've presented a sound argument then I'm going to go with you. I think that's just how we are in our relationship. So I'm assuming, I'm I'm expecting that we'll continue to be like that as parents. I don't actually really like any of these answers, so I'm going to say we really haven't experienced any because we haven't. Would your partner be willing to take a parenting class with you or read a parenting book together? Yes, of course. Probably. Maybe if he could pick the class or the book. No way. The people in these scenarios, like the men in these scenarios, sound like jerks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a bottle. I'm going to pick the prenatal class uh, yeah we're already planning on doing that and we read together up the duff or you read it to me because that's not parenting that's just this is like a parenting book i think for sure we already talk about it we I don't already know about like, parenting books though i don't feel the need i might read one on how to like no but this is like if you wanted me to would i yeah would you yeah <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic yeah 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 whatever okay this is like weird because you think you would want to take a parenting compatibility quiz before you have a baby, but this is like after you've had kids. Yeah, wouldn't you already know if you're you compatible, know. if you're like fighting you all the time? should know. Let's see what it says. People just love taking quizzes for shit though. I know. Your result. You're completely in sync. You're the parenting team that family counselors dream of. In complete agreement about all the major issues that arise in modern early parenting, such as whether to breastfeed, co-sleeping, discipline, how to divide household duties, and what approach to take when it comes to baby sleep. No matter what your decision on any of these concerns, your partner is right there with you, supporting your choice without question. It's a little eerie, actually. Are you sure you're both real people? Just kidding. Congrats on being (laughs) such a well-aligned parenting pair. Yay! <laughs> there we go. Now we don't have to worry because we know we're totally in a lockdown compatible. Well, I'll ask coupling. you this. Do you think that we... Okay, so last time we were at the midwife, she... I was talking about um, not being able to sleep. Mm-hmm. And she suggested a homeopathic mm. remedy of getting skull cap. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if next time we see her, we should mention that, that we, we don't, don't believe in that bullshit yeah. magic. Yeah. Um, Just so that she doesn't suggest it again and we don't have to sit there and be like, oh, and pr- nod. Mm, and mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, inside going, hmm, that's stupid. Yeah, 
I would feel comfortable just saying, oh, we're actually not into homeopathy. So yeah. if there's anything else you can offer, yeah. we'd rather that. Just, But she didn't actually, she said some people find this useful. It wasn't like, I think you should use it because it's good. Yeah, but if you're suggesting, okay, the thing with homeopathy, if you don't know, a lot of people think homeopathy is just natural. Like they think that... Naturopathy, homeopathy, different. They think that they're they're intertwined. And while homeopathy might be natural, it's not, it's nothing. So the way that it works, (laughs) so just like homosexuality, it has the homo, which means same. So someone way back when decided that, first of all, that water had memory. And second of all, that like cures like. So if you're suffering from something like sleep deprivation, then you should have some sort of caffeine and it will have the opposite effect and put you to sleep as long as you put it in water, except that you have to dilute it. So there's a certain amount of dilution that happens with homeopathy. It's diluted to the point that there's no substance left whatsoever. So basically what homeopathy is, is just giving you sugar pills that don't have anything in them. Well, what you're saying is right, but I still want to read this. <laughs> I really want to read this. Um, so it says, homeopathy is a system of alternative medicine created in 1796 by Samuel Hahnemann based on his doctr- doctrine of like cures like which is what you just said, a claim that a substance that causes the symptoms of a disease in healthy people would cure similar symptoms in sick sick people. So why people think that that's a sound way to treat someone is, I mean, it's, I I think people, it's funny because it's this, it's the similar idea behind vaccinations. It's not this for the same reason though, but those two things never usually go together. People don't usually believe in vaccines and homeopathy at the same time. Not always. Yeah. Anyway, um, you would think that that would be like counterintuitive. I don't understand why people think that this is a thing. I, I honestly because they think... Because they don't know. I've had so many conversations people with people. People don't, don't look into like, it. Homeopathy, and I'm like, do you know what that is? They're like, yeah, it's just like natural. And it's like, it's not the same as taking a vitamin. Mm-hmm. It is Or like using a different. herb to res- like remedies like a headache yeah. or something. Well, yeah. there might be herbs involved. The end result of what you're getting is nothing. Yeah. And Literally. people pay like all sorts of crazy amounts of money for these bullshit tinctures that are literally nothing. And the but the the thing that really bothers me about homeopathy is that people don't treat things correctly because they think they're being treated by homeopathy. So it's not that the homeopathic nothing is harmful in itself by itself, but the idea of the fact that, oh, I'm, I'm using this natural method to treat myself instead of these horrible chemicals, which, P.S. people, most of the chemicals that you're getting from drugs are organic. <laughs> They've come from organic things that are just being created in a lab because it's easier to manage and create like a, a stable substance. It's so, people are just so afraid. I think people are so afraid because there's so much fear mongering about big pharma and like, you know, that apparently all the doctors and like the FDA are out to get us, which is just paranoia and craziness. You know, they're not doing it for the betterment of human society. They're doing it because, hey, if I sell you this water with the memory of allergies in it, I'm going to make a shit ton of money. Well, generally it's, yeah, sometimes it's water, sometimes it's a sugar pill, but, Mm -hmm. and there's experiments. You can watch uh, skeptics online in YouTube videos and stuff, take homeopathic sleeping meds and they'll take like two entire jars of it like Mm -hmm. two whole bottles 
and it's like only take two and do not exceed six in a day and they're downing like 60 and it does nothing yeah because homeopathy is nothing i think the only thing that actually helps with it is like a is a placebo effect yeah and like okay fine people say oh well a placebo is like better than nothing sure but you know what's better than nothing something (laughs) (laughs) treating yourself with something because taking nothing is really fucking pointless especially when you're paying like 20 bucks a pill for this bullshit crap and the premise alone that water has memory is fundamentally flawed because think about it's like magic well, it's it's like magic, and then it's also like, well, then how would you explain water sanitation? Yeah. And we're all drinking like the memory of poo constantly, mm. or the memory of like garbage, oily shit that decay. Yeah, dead rotting. bodies, like whatever it is. Yeah. So the entire thing is just stupid, and mm-hmm. I don't like homeopathy. So, so yes. it's really difficult when a healthcare practitioner suggests it, and I just want to—I have to bite my tongue and not be like. But, Stop it! But I think what where they come from is that, first of all, a lot of people who are using midwives are a little bit more crunchy. And they're in a non-judgmental position. So if we said, we don't want to use anything homeopathic, can you please not talk about it? They won't be like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? I would imagine yeah. they would just be like, okay. Yeah. We just won't talk about it then. Yeah. I think it might help for us to say that just so they don't suggest it. Mm-hmm. Especially if... They start suggesting stuff like that when I'm in labor. If I'm not feeling good, I'll like snap. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be like, yeah, it's probably a better Get idea. Get the fuck away from me with your shit. Well, and the other thing too is that, that our doula can help with that too because she knows us and she knows what we believe in. And she listens, so yeah. she'll hear it on air. That's true. But you know, I that just because I don't believe in homeopathy doesn't mean that I don't believe that things like um, peppermint can help with headaches. You but know? that's the thing. they It's different. Yeah. It's not the same thing. It's not at all the same, and that's where mm-hmm. it gets mixed up. It's not like you're going to be like, don't tell me to have ginger tea when I feel <laughs> sick. Fuck you. Yeah. If it's not a pill, I don't believe in it. So so I think next steps, get you some more comfy clothes and go see a financial planner. Yeah, and we we made a decision about going to Australia and mm-hmm. bought our tickets and decided to go through Asia. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a layover in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still kind of nervous about it. Yeah, if anybody out there, if any of our listeners knows anything about the safety or concerns around traveling with a newborn internationally, we'd really love it because I I really want to go. I don't know if you can even go talk to a pediatrician before you have a baby, but we don't know if the baby's going to be able to be vaccinated before we go because it might be too soon. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if we don't or aren't able to vaccinate, I don't want to go. I don't think I would feel comfortable with that at all. Well, I'm going to say this is where we disagree, that you just make a decision without any information. And I'm going to say, let's talk to somebody and know no. what the risks are. No. Okay. We you, have to know, you have to know before you make a decision what the risks of contracting something are with an unvaccinated baby. Okay. Then the, you're contradicting yourself a little Mm-mm. bit Mm-mm. because you don't want unvaccinated people around our baby there's certain people that are not going to be allowed that we know don't vaccinate yeah so why would we take if we're being that protective of our child that we're going to take it onto an airplane with hundreds of people who we don't know if they're vaccinated or not sharing the same recycled air for hours and hours because most things are not airborne most things that you're vaccinating against are not Uh, airborne it's not airborne it is airborne how do you know because you get it from being coughed on that's coughing yeah so you like the flu i'm just saying the flu is airborne i understand but 
I just can't believe that you and I are so hard and we have such a strong stance on vaccines that you would take a newborn baby with no immune system. Uh, first of all, my my that is not where I'm at at all. You're making a big, huge assumption. The point the point I'm making is that, A, we don't know how early we can vaccinate. We know it's roughly around two months. But if our baby's a week earlier than that, no, can they do that? No, but what I'm saying is no, 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 if me, no, we no, can't. Let me finish, though. If we can't. Let me finish. So first of all, we need to find out if we're able to do vaccinations because some some countries like Australia vaccinate at six weeks. So if that's safe here, if that's what Canada deems safe, then we can do that and we won't have to worry about it. My ideal, yes, I would love to have our baby vaccinated before we go. That would make me the most comfortable. But I, I'm not going to say that if we can't vaccinate our baby that we're not going for sure because I don't know what the risks are. I need to know what the risks are because not going is a huge thing. This is my brother's wedding. I don't want to miss it. I'm not going to endanger our child unnecessarily, but I think there's a space between not going because the baby can't be vaccinated and going and not caring at all about the risks. There's definitely somewhere in between I think where the, you can the probably mitigate the risks. Would be you go and I stay. No, I'm saying that outside of that, there are probably things you can do to protect your child. We've talked, we've, we've done some research. There's not a lot of information out there about this. I haven't been able to found it, find a ton. But what I've seen is that basically when you're talking about an infant, a newborn infant, they're not crawling around, touching things. Expo- they're not exposed to as much. You can protect them pretty easily because you just don't let someone get near your baby. Yeah, there's risks with, with being on an airplane. Totally get that. I want to know from a from a pediatrician if this is a safe thing to do and so i think i just you tend don't understand how you are able to have both of these ideas in your mind that we know there's people in our lives that haven't vaccinated they're not going to be allowed around our allowed around our baby for the first year because but that's you're willing a risk to take a newborn prevent. you're willing to take a newborn on to an airplane i didn't say that you're putting words in my mouth i never said I don't care what the risks are. The baby's going on the plane. I'm saying we're going to do everything we can to mitigate the risks once we know what they actually are. In my ideal world, our baby will be vaccinated and we won't have to worry about Obviously, it. Obviously, but we're, the but discussion that we're how, having is if it's not. If it's not. What do you mean? If if the baby can't be vaccinated? Yeah, say for whatever reason. Then I, I can't make a decision about that right now because I don't have all the information about the risks because it's really hard to find out what the risks are. Some people say it's totally fine. Other people say it's it's too dangerous. Don't do it. I don't know who these these opinions are basically from people on like message boards on websites They're that I, I haven't found anything that's really like a good source of on information. Reputable websites that I've read like like the APA and things like that, the American Pregnancy Association, like not just like mom.com saying it's best they never say like flat out you can't but it's absolutely best to take to not go traveling with your kid until they have their first vaccines of course it's best but that's this is the thing you can't it's not a hard line thing and it's I not think so, it is i think no, if we are because this isn't this isn't just like a frivolous like oh we want to go traveling this is our family's wedding it's a big deal it's very important and our child being there would be a big thing and us being there is a big thing both of us beyond that i don't want to not be with you that early either so all i'm saying and and what you're not hearing for some reason all i'm saying is i want to know from a doctor from a pediatrician a specialist what is going to be the risk and I'm that's all i'm not saying 
That's literally all I'm saying. And what you're hearing is you're fine with taking a newborn unvaccinated on a plane internationally. You don't even care. No. Okay. We have a friend who goes and takes her child to a pediatrician and asked about having people in her child's life. And if they're not vaccinated, should she allow her kid to be around them? And her pediatrician said, absolutely not. Not for the first year. Yeah. But that's different, too, because what you're talking about is like people with children who are not vaccinated touching our kid, being around our kid, physically contacting the kid, because that's what happens with little kids. They touch and they are they put their hands everywhere and you can't keep them quarantined, essentially, versus. Do we take a child on a plane where we can prevent people from getting into a close pr- proximity to our baby? They're two different, completely different circumstances. You can't, you're talking about repeated exposure and physical contact versus sharing air. I would r- feel more comfortable having our kid around another child that's unvaccinated that doesn't have any symptoms or anything than taking it on an airplane. But that's not based on any information. It is. It's no, based on the fact it's that not. many people who are grown adults go on airplanes traveling get sick. Mm-hmm. And way more than that go traveling and are fine. Babies and adults. And babies are far more vulnerable than adults. I know they are. That's why I'm saying we need to talk to somebody and get the facts. It's still up I in just the don't air want, and it like, does stress me out, but I don't, I'm not jumping to the crazy place that you are where you're like, we're not going. It's not happening. That's only if we're not able to get it vaccinated. And it's not we. I feel totally comfortable with you going. I know it's an important thing. And I'm obviously not saying yeah, that but I, I don't, don't want to go. I don't want to not have you But there. if we did go and something happened and the kid got really sick, like, But the fuck. thing is, Ange, we could have our baby vaccinated and go and that could still happen. You can't, you can't, this but is, this is the part of being a parent where you need to accept that there are some things you can't control. There are some things you can, and you need to know what the difference between those things are, and you need to not get crazy about it. Because what I'm hearing from you is kind of stressing me out a little bit, because what you're saying is, I don't think they would say that. I don't, I, you're making a lot of assumptions without actually having any concrete information to back you up. Jackie, you know how much, how passionate mm-hmm. I am about vaccines and i've yeah. read a lot about it but i've done a lot of research thing as the risk no of but i understand what the community consensus is from like the cdc and from organizations that we trust about vaccines and i can't see them someone in that same frame of mind saying vaccinations are important get your kids vaccinated as soon as you can do all your vaccines on time stay away from kids that aren't vaccinated Oh, but your brand new baby go breathe recycled air with 600 stranger- strangers? Go ahead. I can't see that. That doesn't make any sense. That's the problem is that you are making. But this is what I'm saying. You're still making an assumption. I'm reserving a judgment before we actually talk to somebody who knows what but I don't think you a really baby is that. going to be. Exp- yes, I do. There's no way that you could believe that a pediatrician would think that that's okay. I, I oh you're you're making me crazy right now there are so many circumstances that we don't have the answer for or don't have the we don't know when the baby's going to be born we don't know how early we can vaccinate a baby we don't know what that that even covers for because this scenario is only in the event that for some reason it can't be vaccinated yes but we still don't have enough information to make a decision and that's what i'm saying i'm saying i want more information because i don't believe that we have enough to make a decision we're not informed enough you're saying i assume all these things so i'm gonna say this and that really bothers me 
if you care so much about scientific research, then get some. Yeah, I'm perfectly happy. And I suggested that we go talk to a pediatrician, actually. But I'm just saying, I really would be shocked if the one that we talked to and it wasn't like a fucking crunchy granola, don't vaccinate your kids and let them but eat this is dirt. Like, this is a pointless argument. That's what this is because we don't know if we can vaccinate at six weeks, if we can vaccinate at seven weeks, if we can vaccinate at four weeks. Who fucking knows? I think that you're like going against a lot of You're our- trying to make a, a contingency plan for something that is so far off and so very unlikely at this point. That's how I work. Don't you know? I try and contingency plan for like the craziest shit. Yeah, but that's dumb you're just like causing conflict where there doesn't i'm not trying to cause conflict it's something that's on my mind and it's like a big deal because it it's a big deal yeah it is a big deal to me too but but we don't know a lot of stuff our baby could be born maybe our our date is wrong and our baby's born on september 1st and we are completely within two months vaccinate and it's fine and vaccinations are not the whole thing that doesn't protect our baby from everything ever right so that's what i'm saying is that there are the big it's the ones that are important i think you're trying to compare apples and oranges you're trying to say that if i'm comfortable with our baby going on a flight without a vaccine that i don't think vaccines are important important and it's not the same thing no i think it's you're you're delving into the world of cognitive dissonance where you have two ideas that are opposing but somehow you're marrying them in your mind i don't think and that's they're opposing where i'm ideas. having a hard time i don't think they're opposing ideas because no i don't i don't want a kid who's unvaccinated touching my baby and being around my baby repeatedly and constantly you know, kissing, touching, pawing them, touching things our baby's going to touch. That's a totally different circumstance than a baby being on in an airplane in our care, basically attached to you the whole time. I just, I don't think that it's fair, A, to call me crazy, right? That's I didn't kind of say you were offensive. crazy. I said you get crazy about this. I don't think I'm getting crazy. I think that I'm being quite rational and I'm falling within... You told me that you were going to stay inside and never leave the apartment because of Zika. Yeah. In the heat of summer when you're <laughs> eight, nine months pregnant. Yeah. And and that's rational. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's not a problem anymore because Zika's not coming here. This is what I'm saying. You <laughs> went to the, like, the, the place where you were like, I'm not even going to leave our apartment because look at all this Zika stuff, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, oh, guess what, guys? We were wrong. It's not a thing. Don't worry. As long as you're not having I was contingency planning. I was saying if but there why are cases are you in Vancouver you're wasting and your, the mosquitoes come, I'm not going to your energy on something that is so unlikely and so not a, an imminent issue that this is why I don't want to talk about this stuff because we're not there yet. I think it's good to ponder things before they happen. Ponder things, sure, but tell me that I need to make a decision one way or the other right now and that everything I think is contradicting itself and that I have to know because you apparently know exactly what a a pediatrician is going to tell you. Yeah. Okay. I am like one-tenth a pediatrician (laughs) just from the stuff I've read online. Anyway, well, that's an interesting disagreement maybe we should do the test again (laughs) and see where we're at now this is not a parenting decision this is like a i think it's a parenting decision not yet health choices about your baby is a parenting decision well i guess we will update you guys on that situation as it unfolds um but if you have information about this like a credible source please send it over because i am i am having a hard time finding much information about it yeah so we do have studio time book next week, so there'll be a, 
a show for sure next week. So you get to hear another bickery argument. Lucky. Maybe. What should we talk about next week that we don't agree on? I can't think of anything else. (laughs) Because we still love each other. Oh, I still love you. Even when you're crazy. (laughs) Stop calling me crazy. Why does it does it upset set you if I use the C word? Yeah, because I don't think I'm being crazy, and I think you have okay. Well, you know what, listeners, you decide. <laughs> You've heard. You've heard Angie's plan to stay inside and never leave the apartment. Feel free to write in and tell me that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> God. Anyway, I was like fifty percent joking about staying inside about with. Zika. I don't think you were. <laughs> and if if that's the case, you're still 50% serious about it. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. there was like a full-on outbreak and people in Vancouver were getting it and it led to Here's micro and Here's this crazy if fucking hypothetical bullshit again. If zombies break out, I think it's fine for us to totally live in our closet. Like, what do you want me to say to that? You're being ridiculous. Don't you think like living or thinking about stuff like that is kind of fun? To Just think like, about not leaving our apartment for a whole summer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So much fun. Your idea of fun is really fun. No warm. chance of skin cancer. This is what happens when Ange can't drink. <laughs> she gets way too in her head. Anyway, if there was a huge outbreak, I, I, I would stay inside. If there was, like, mosquitoes everywhere. If there's a everywhere. huge outbreak of anything that's dangerous health-wise, of course we will take safety precautions. Is that what you need me to say to make you happy? Yeah. Okay. Thank you there fine (laughs) get out of my face i'll I'll buy you a human bubble you just roll around in it like a hamster (gasps) (laughs) can we take one of those on the plane i actually wonder if that's a thing no they'd be like you're a terrorist go away (laughs) (laughs) what we just brought our baby in a hamster wheel (laughs) what's what's so weird about that and painted it black it looks exactly like a bomb i don't see what the big deal is (laughs) what if you put like one of those like like oxygen you know like a an astronaut like a hazmat suit on the baby just like on their head over their head and then so you're like in control of their air (laughs) i was thinking though if we're sitting in three and there's someone next to us and say the oxygen mask thing falls down there's not gonna be one for the baby do share it like buddy breathe with the baby in those situations Hmm? (laughs) what know what to tell you i honestly think that you're 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 nuts how is that nuts i was wondering about shit like that i was wondering because there's only one mask per seat i bet they tell you when you have a baby and they're doing that little demonstration i bet they say hey here here's an extra one for your baby they just bring an oxygen tank to just hang out you don't know i've never seen that on a plane you don't know this is you're ridiculous i'm just saying that I bet they don't have it. They let your baby die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, hopefully we're lucky enough that there won't be someone sitting next to us and we can have because apparently once the baby's born, we can add them to our itinerary and then request like a they have like a bassinet that they can give you. They're limited and it depends on availability, but they seat you in like the front row so you have more space which means you're not around as many people and your baby's more protected because it's not being like coughed on by someone or having someone snot rocket on its face (laughs) (laughs) another thing i think we can protect pretty easily against i just had this like image of 
someone trying to snot rocket on the baby <laughs> in slow motion be like no and like jumping in front of it and taking it like a bullet oh <laughs> lordy 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 you are so weird okay that's enough of that let's uh cut this off and uh let's cut our losses yeah all right catch you guys later if you ever want to listen to us again <laughs> let's just not do the podcast at all <laughs> the baby mama's podcast Thanks for listening to the Baby Mamas Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.